is there, how we do it. Is there any preamble that we need, that I need? <laughs> what kind of preamble? <laughs> um, such oh, as? I, should put that. I don't know. Well, you need to, you, you're going to have to do the in this episode thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I can do. You do that thing, whatever you want to do with that thing. Okay. Am I still not loud enough? No, you'll get louder. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I will get louder. Okay. Can I turn this a little bit? Can I just black out so I don't have to look at you at all? But yeah, probably. Okay. Ready to do this? Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Simplicity Show with Sue and Vince, where we talk about what's happening in the credit union industry, the world, and right here on our credit union team. In this episode, we are doing a, things a little bit differently. Bum it, bum! Whoa! <laughs> that was loud enough. That, that was plenty loud. Yes, okay, Thank good. you. In, in as much as I, well, I know roughly what this episode is going to be about. You know the big broad. Yes. Strokes, as it were. So today we're sitting down with ourselves. <laughs> Sue is going to interview me. I have a very special guest today. Yes. And that very special guest happens to be you. Yours truly. Yes. So she's interviewing me on the subject of photography. Yes. Jazz hands. Yes. Verbal jazz hands. Yes. She has questions. I have not even seen them. Uh, And not just not seen them, refuse to look at them. Yeah, that's true. So it's not, I I, I offered maybe four different times today. I was like, no, no, I don't want to see them. I will not. Make this spontaneous. Okay. Well, I mean, it was certainly be spontaneous for one of us <laughs> so yes let's set the table a little bit a okay. tiny bit and Less. explain mm-hmm. why it would be just in case somebody somebody who's listening um just in case there's someone listening that we don't actually work with mm. mm-hmm. well i don't know how to take pictures so this will be entertaining this is going to be it's going to be very strange yeah yeah <laughs> Your advice for every question is going to be, I think if you say cheese, <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's all you have to do. That's the magic word. Yes. Just, just say cheese. Yes. So, setting the table. Why, if I chose anyone to interview, other than, other than your proximity <laughs> and obligation to create this podcast, right? why would I choose you to interview about photography? I don't know. Why would you? Because I'm out of my cotton picking mind. That's why. Because I'm a real problem. Well. As are you. Well. So there's that. No arguments there. Okay. So tell us about your credentials, Mr. Elmhorst. Ooh. Don't be coy. Which I feel I Our listeners have. deserve better. Right? So I do all of the photos and video here at the credit union. have also done photos on my own as a business for what is it 2019 since 2013 so since you were 12 years old years oh yeah 12 years old just a wee little lad Mm -hmm. 
with one of those camera. little square brownie cameras. Yeah, right. Like a thing in a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> Just a cute little camera. Just a cardboard box and yes. a film strip. Yes, pinhole camera. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, have been around in the space for a while. Uh, yeah. So that's that's why. That's about it. Okay. I still feel like I'm a novice, so... Ooh, so this, this is going to be awkward positioning you as our expert, right? When you don't feel like you're expert level, right? But also remember, we are in marketing, so about eighty-five percent of it is just saying you're an expert. Oh, okay. I'm so a, I'm an expert ooh, on the subject. Say it in that yeah. place. <laughs> that is the way to handle it. Yes. Welcome, expert photographer. Tell us how did you first? Oh, oh. Oh. oh, disclaimer, what is going to be awkward about all of these questions, maybe there's a couple that I've never actually asked you this question, but what's going to be a little awkward is that these are all things I already know. Mm. So you have to remember that you're answering them as if I don't know them. Okay. And I have to feign... Should I be patronizing? You should be <laughs> completely patronizing. And I'll feign interest. It'll be so fun. Oh, yes. I'll make It'll be a little game. <laughs> It'll be a little game. And yet, so much like our daily lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not untrue either. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So tell us, Mr. Elmhorst, how did you first get interested in photography? Where did that start? Um, I was first... Like, sort of, I guess, introduced. Uh, the first time I really remember, like, oh, that's a thing you can do, right? I'm, of course, I've seen pictures, but, like, <laughs> to think of it as a thing that you generally, or me specifically, mm-hmm. could do, could learn, uh, would have been probably, oh, I want to say fifth sixth grade so i think it was a middle school class Hmm. that we could take and i just i I never did uh shocker no i i don't know like the i only ever really did the art classes that we were required to do and that was more of an elective one and so i just never really followed that trail of courses ever uh, was more in on the math and science stuff. Hmm. I know, right? That's interesting. So why? So you remember it well enough to remember that you, like, you registered it. It was on your radar, mm-hmm. but did not pursue it. Yeah. So maybe I might be placing it a little early, um, because I think more so the point where we would have had an ability to choose a class would have maybe been going into high school. Okay. So maybe it was like late middle school. I don't know. The timeline gets a little fuzzy. Okay. But anyway, I was pursuing, and I mean, math and science, and my interest was definitely more in the science stuff. So I was wanting to get as much of those extra classes as I could. So... Okay. Just didn't have time for all that artsy fartsy stuff. So you were going to be you were on a path to be the next Bill Nye the Science guy? Right. Or what was that? Sure. 
sure. that was the trajectory. Um, but pair that with my eighth grade year. Oh, I'm trying so hard. No, 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 no. The yearbooks would have been high school. So I don't remember probably junior and senior years of high school. Maybe I was a the work a work a worker no a uh, <laughs> a staffer of the yearbook committee class. I don't know. It's all so long ago. It's so long. Uh, but I was on the yearbook staff. Staff. We'll go with that. Yes. One year, and then I was the editor the next year. So that's interesting because you're saying you pursued like math and science. Mm-hmm. How did you end up on the yearbook? It was for the chicks, wasn't it? Was it the chicks? Because I think yearbook, <laughs> lots of girls, right? Not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> I um, knew it. No, the <clears throat> so one of the art classes I had taken, I don't remember what it was, but the teacher, Mrs. Moret, uh, was she taught that class and then was also on the yearbook and. I really enjoyed her class, and okay. she's like, oh, hey, you should do the yearbook, too. Like, okay. So it was more of a, I, her recommendation, and I liked being in her class, so it was another chance to okay. be under her wing. So you didn't look at her and say, well, I am going to be Bill Nye the science guy <laughs> for my generation, right? so just so you know. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then was... Being part of the yearbook group, <laughs> or whatever that was, right? Uh, is that where you started picking up that, like, actual desire to understand photography? Or um, it it was. I don't remember that specifically being one of the things. So that was always sort of in the back of my mind. And but that the yearbook was a lot. My job was a lot more on the layout and I think I did have maybe a little bit of direction excuse me a little bit of direction on photos but it was much more the design the layout okay the publishing print part of it and sort of project managing the book making sure that everybody was getting their stuff done um so is there a chance that we owe Mrs. Moret? For you being in marketing, that that very well could be. Okay, I've never thought about that before. So that was that was that actually was really kind of my first introduction into that, if you will, a marketing, print design space. So yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mrs. Moran. So we'll send her a little something nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward then. So that desire was always there uh my first so i bought a cam a digital camera point and shoot zoom uh Ooh, it, i want it to be a cool pix was it a cool pix oh no it was no. the canon power shot oh that is i think the equivalent <laughs> <laughs> yeah of a cool i think pics. so okay yeah. yeah uh was it green or anything cool no mm. no it was dark gray Whatever. Right. <laughs> but I think it, I was looking back. If I could go back and get one, I think it shot 1080 video. Really? 
which would blow my mind. I was like, oh, I should get one again because mine doesn't work anymore. Uh, I should go back and get one and like make a video on it or something. That would be really fun. <laughs> Bring it full circle. But I think I got that late high school. So I may have actually used that for the yearbook somewhat. Because uh, I think I did have to get a couple of pictures, but it wasn't like it was it was snapshots. It wasn't mm -hmm. like you're creating an artful right. piece. It's like doing a like piece of doing a story on what things were like that year. So just mm -hmm. some here's the thing and here's the thing and that. But so I had the camera, was taking pictures, but no intentionality behind it other mm -hmm. than I see cool photos I'm trying to make cool photos I don't know what I'm doing but whatever I have a camera so I'll just take photos uh, fast forward it would have been I think sophomore year of college so I started in music switched to communications as a degree one of my communications buddies for his fine art elective, uh, I found out like mid-semester. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this photography class with so-and-so, uh, Mrs. Herbert was her name, Lindsay Herbert. And I was like, what? <laughs> we have a photo class? It was a smaller school. So uh, that, there were fewer art electives like that. I'm signing up. So next semester, got into it. So that was my first real education in it. Okay. That was quite a journey that yeah. you just took us on. Yeah. That, that really, I, I liked it a lot. So you started in college, mm -hmm. really learning. Yeah. But you, you're a couple of years out of college. A few dare hey. A few dare hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. That's I have been. Oh, let's dwell on your mortality. Yeah, right. Just a minute, right? <laughs> As the old fogey in the room. Yeah, yeah. Qu you're quite elderly. <laughs> it's very upsetting to be around you. <laughs> Finley came up to me the other day. He's like, "You're old. <laughs> Where do you get off, kid?" <laughs> Yeah, well, you're really young. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so who wins? <laughs> you just learned to use the potty, so there. <laughs> you don't even know what old means yet, kid. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's a good thing you're out of diapers because you're going to be changing my person. <laughs> <laughs> Better start practicing. Yeah. Anyway. You're quite elderly. So the point yes. is. I, I don't I remember where I was at. Okay. Okay. So I, moving we, forward, I was going to ask you another question. Okay. Do that. Is where you were at. You were going to listen. Okay. And answer. Okay. So I assume you did not emerge from that photography class knowing every blasted thing you need to know about photography. Mm, no. So now I, this is, this is where we, you know, get down to my goal, which is to always turn this back to me. Okay. In my <laughs> Tell me how you feel. Um, so I took I took photography in high school. Okay. So it wasn't a college level course, but it, like daguerreotypes back then. Yeah, yeah. We just used pinhole cameras. It was they were like a whole room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just got vague shapes. <laughs> yeah, that was 
It's really cool. It was cool. <laughs> You're a jerk. Point is. <laughs> Uh, so I have a general idea, even though, so what kind of camera, let me ask this, what kind of cameras were you using when you were taking photography? We, our school had, uh, actually the communications department had a library of gear that you could check out. So mainly I'd say I was working with a, like a Canon T3i, Okay. So was uh, it all digital? Yeah. Oh, for point? sure. Yeah, okay. it was all digital. So no darkroom stuff? Nope. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> there used to be this thing called film, <laughs> which I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But so that's that's what we did. Okay. So it was all like uh, – we ha- we learned the process for like developing and stuff in the dark room. Sure. Learned. Did not succeed <laughs> personally, but yeah, that would be interesting. I. Yeah, that that is something I'd I'd be interested to do is do it manually. Mm-hmm. Do the film strip and then develop it and right. kind of learn that process because really. It's the same. It, it's it's the same, only different, right? Right. It, the the types of things that you're doing digitally are born, at least born out of. We can do a lot more now. Right. But I mean, you could <laughs> you you could like cut things out of an old photo and put something underneath, right? Like the, the whole photoshopping <laughs> thing. Like, you could, um, but so. All of the processes now are rooted in all the things that you could do. Right. Analog. Mm-hmm. So to then do that, right, to to really have that hands-on of you were there, you, you not only took the photo, but then you took the piece of, you took the negative, took the mm-hmm. the film, the, the paper stock, and created that, right, and then touched it up. Physically would be well, and for a budding uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy, yeah, it would. It seems like that would be really interesting too, because mm-hmm. that whole the process now that you can use software and you can scroll left and right and you know correct exposure and things like that. Um, to all of that, you had to uh, you had to time precisely and do what you could physically mm-hmm. with that stuff. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because there, a thing I have learned along the way is there's different types of photographers. There's different approaches to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very much a, a, I'll use the word science, right? A science uh, gear-focused, mm-hmm. process-focused approach to it so whereas for example my college professor she was very much an I'd say an artistic approach Mm -hmm. to it so she for her it was about seeing the shot and then the camera was a tool Mm -hmm. to just capture that if that makes sense whereas my approach was like I I don't even know how to see right I I don't know what what makes him what makes a photo Mm -hmm. I have no idea so I had to sort of come the approach of 
learn what the rules are mm-hmm. in order to even be able to think about creating something that could be considered artistic. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, and, and in anything, different people are wired different ways and just see different things. And um, that, and I, I don't want to spoil any of the other stuff. <laughs> I think I think we'll get a chance to come back to that, but it, there is this, I think, misconception, and this is actually not a question that I have on my list, but um, it's definitely a thing we can talk about. There's this misconception that there are just people who are innately photographers, right? Mm-hmm. And that they're, somehow their brains all work the same way, and you just innately see the thing and take the picture and somehow you know like you're going to like that's going to be a good picture because of what you did in that moment Mm -hmm. and this idea that that for some and it might work that way for some people right for sure and sometimes the subject of what you are taking a picture of is compelling enough by itself that it'll it'll make a great picture in almost anybody's hands right so like a really good sunset if you can like I don't know not hold the camera sideways and you can (laughs) right not badly overexpose it like there are just things that are beautiful innately Mm -hmm. and it maybe you can still screw it up but the point is yeah uh, there are other things that you can create that artistic feel you know you can create art with that some people just see it and go oh my gosh like look at the look at the pattern on that railing or look at that thing um and other people have to I guess the picture in my head is you sort of have to revolve around the thing right you Mm -hmm. have to spend more time going what is that that I can do and and I think that's a big factor that plays into my imposter syndrome with the whole thing, right? That I don't usually go in to a thing, a shoot, or if I'm just going with my family or I'm going to interrupt you and say, do you know how clear it is you have imposter syndrome when you say the word shoot that way? <laughs> As if somebody on the other end is going to be like, listen to him say shoot like he knows something about cameras. <laughs> or shoot. Go ahead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, so no matter, I tend to go into the situation not always having a clear idea of what I'm going to get, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, which I feel like is a real problem when, especially I'm going into a paid thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I tend to go, but I tend to go in and it feels like all I'm doing is trying to get the subject, mm-hmm. person, landscape, whatever it is, and sort of do things the types of things that I have seen or use a rule of composition Mm -hmm. or just do it and get a photo, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot more, (laughs) there's a lot more that goes into it and it's not just me copying things that I've seen. Um, Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> there was that was more of a growing phase in the beginning, but it was, now there's much more like okay, trying to use that principle and let's find something cool to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's much more of that artistic piece of it now, but it still definitely plays into that. Like I don't really know what I'm doing. I just have a camera and press buttons. But you do know what you're doing. <laughs> Right. And I know you're you're being very you're being very lovely and humble right now. You do you do know what you're doing. And I think there are some people who like as you're talking, I'm thinking about doing like portrait work and things like that. Um and that's a and that's one thing that we reliably are going to do every time we hire somebody new and probably mm-hmm. every time we feel like we want to update pictures here at the credit union. Yep. So there are, that is one thing that we know a couple of things that are pretty reliable about what that is. So we know at least right now we're going to take them outside mm-hmm. and natural lighting, natural lighting. And we are going to have them turn out a little bit of an angle. It's my job to make sure their toes are pointed the right way. Mm-hmm. I take pride in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, so that is a pose that we know we're going to have everybody do. It's reliable because we know it works well for a variety of body types. And, you know, it's not something that is, I, f- I feel like I'm really over explaining this, but a corporate it, headshot is a corporate headshot. A corporate headshot is a corporate headshot. And the pose that we use is pretty casual. And since we give them a little bit of latitude of, like, what they're doing with their arms and those kinds of things, we people can bring whatever flavor you can get out of a corporate headshot <laughs> into a corporate <laughs> right? headshot. There's um, not a lot of wiggle room there. Right. But beyond that kind of thing, I think, I mean, I've certainly seen other photographers who have, like, these are the stock poses that I think I'm going to have people do, right? And some of it, sometimes it turns out really well. Sometimes it turns out feeling really awkward. Um, so all of that to say, I think, and I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, I think that there is some power in going into that shoot. I didn't mean to say it with quotes, but I did. <laughs> and you motioned them too. What? And you motioned them. I did. I motioned them. Yes, I did. I didn't mean to do that, but I did it. (laughs) Um, Now I have to put my hands under the table so I don't do that again. To go into a shoot not saying, okay, well, I'm going to have them, like, they're going to be seated in this way, and the mom is going to be turned to the left, and the dad is going to have the one hand on, like, to not go in with all of those preconceived notions because, you know, one time you did one shoot where that looked good. Sure. And then sort of forcing everybody else into that, I think it creates, I think it can create, although I'm sure I am quite certain that there are other people that can do that and do that successfully because heaven knows you've seen family portraits mm-hmm. by, you know, studio portraits done. And it's all the same, like kids on either side. I have literally, okay, on our <laughs> living room wall, I have Three different family portraits. Two of them are from uh, our church family mm. portrait time. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
And both of those are basically the exact same pose of my family. Mm-hmm. They're 10 years apart. Sure. And they're exactly, basically exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I have is the one that you took of us. And arguably, that to me, again, not just because you're my friend, <laughs> but to me, like you did, like that's just us. I don't know if you know this, but my family doesn't sit like that. <laughs> With but, everyone, you don't like, just like eat dinner like that, like hands on shoulders. <laughs> yes. I'm in the middle. Clothes. Doc's got his one hand on <laughs> my shoulder. My kids are all around us. Yeah, no, and we don't wear matching outfits either. Mm. So we barely did for our family picture. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes. So that was just all me validating you. You shouldn't have okay. imposter syndrome. So stop. Okay. Well, I mean that's nice of you to say. Yeah. But. Okay, but stop. Yeah. Wow. So. Talk a little bit. You've already told you've already told us a ton. I just realized I have a typo in here, and now I'm distracted. But <laughs> uh, you've already told us a ton about sort of that process of learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like up to the beginning of right. the process of learning, and sure. well, and to a little bit more about um, your approach to figuring out how to take pictures and what you do to get a good picture. But give us a snapshot of learning, like from coming out of school and learning, I, especially at moving into like a period of your life where nobody's giving you a grade. Nobody's going to give you right. like professor feedback. So it's all going to sort of live live and die, live or die out in the world based on your audience. Sure. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. So my biggest... When I first signed up for the class, even, and then continuing on after that semester, and then, as you said, post-college into, air quotes, the real world, because college isn't real. Um, It is imaginary, largely. (laughs) At least most of my college experience was. Right. I think, well, no, I, I know. The biggest source of learning that I used was YouTube, really honestly. Uh, when I first started, there were sort of a few people that I kind of latched on to. Um, but I think f- since that point, the sheer number, volume of not only tutorials, because I always had a little bit of a love-hate with YouTube tutorials because mm-hmm. the quality wasn't always there. The qu- uh, the just the experience of watching the video, right? Mm -hmm. Their quality of content wasn't always great if you were searching for a random thing or whatever. But I think the sheer volume of quality content on YouTube, especially in the area of newbie photographer learning about your camera, has just exploded Mm -hmm. since... Those few years, dare hey, dare hey. Uh, <clears throat> but it's so much more even now mm-hmm. that I mean, really, for anybody starting out, that's like I just kept watching videos. I just kept uh, for a long time. It'd be like, oh, here's this new technique that I never knew about, or here's this other thing, and that that sort of helped for sure on the learning side, but it also helped. Uh, keep 
the drive going mm-hmm. in that when I would get frustrated with something or couldn't do something, there was there's always either something new to learn or I could troubleshoot that thing mm-hmm. in a few clicks and sort of learn in real time, okay, what? why didn't that work out? So versus <clears throat> having to, if, if what you were doing is going to school for it, right, having to, well, you have this class on this topic and this mm-hmm. professor that you may have access to at some points, but it was just so accessible mm-hmm. via the Internet that that really helped get me through that initial that and I'm sure there's a term for it but that that initial time when I knew it was a thing I wanted to continue doing I still felt like I didn't know and I actually like was still just to pick up a camera and get a photo was still a challenge mm-hmm. get a photo that I liked so to get through that period and on to something that I felt I could sell to somebody uh, was that being able to just always interact with something, something new, something more Mm -hmm. on whatever problem I was having. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. So that's sort of, I'm going to put the name growing pains to that. So that kind of got you through the growing pains. Yeah, because I, I, love learning I love learning new things and so that was sort of that love of learning was what got me through mm-hmm. all of the really bad photos that I took early on I'd be interested to see some of those really bad photos eh, or you I'd wouldn't be very very <laughs> interesting to see uh, so but you were not just watching YouTube videos you were watching YouTube videos, doing the work, looking, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you, it's this yeah, constant so I, process of looking at what you've done. Kind of those know. last couple years of school, last two years, post-class, pre-graduation, was sort of a incubator period where when I had time, I could check stuff out. You know, I had access to equipment. Uh, then I could go out, do some photos or whatever, and then sort of experiment and all of that uh, without having a paying client, which mm-hmm. is which was nice. So, But it, once I graduated, it was a few months after graduation that I officially started my business. Uh, but even then, the majority of what I did was still personal. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, The majority of what I did was still personal and only did a few client-type things and actually did for friends and family, just did a bunch of free sessions Mm -hmm. just to get experience. Like, what what does it take to engage with a group of people for an hour and Mm -hmm. come out with photos on the other side? Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. And (laughs) you're lucky... Because you have a pretty big family. Yeah. So. Yeah. That <laughs> helps. Some, you know, some of us only have two people, like two kids in the family. So it doesn't <laughs> leave a lot. Right. But. So let's, we're going to just pivot. Okay. We're going to pivot for just a second. 
This uh -huh. is me turning. Okay, thank you. We yep. pivot. Um, and think, thinking about, and maybe this is not completely pivoting away, but it's maybe still along the lines of thinking about people in that, like, you know you want to be good at taking pictures, but you have a lot to learn to get there. Um, so those growing pain sort of years. What are things that you, just simple things, that you would suggest to casual photographers or people in those sort of growing pains years that they could do right now that would make their pictures better? So just, and I'm specifically thinking of maybe the first thing you ever told me that blew my brain open. So I won't say it out loud. If you don't say it, I will tell you what it was that you said. Oh, but that'll be just simple things that people could be doing, even if they're just like taking pictures mm -hmm. for themselves, or if they are looking to grow and they can't quite figure out why don't they look like I want them to. Sure. Um, the two. Well, first, the I think there's a misconception that it's in the camera. Right, that oh, the reason my photos don't look good is because I don't have a big fancy camera or a big fancy lens. Mm -hmm. um, some of my, I can think specifically of two photos that I have that I took with that Canon PowerShot, whatever, whatever it was. I don't remember the number anymore, but that I would today print out and frame on my wall mm -hmm. right and it was maddening at the time because I I at the time I was like oh that's a great photo I don't know how I did that it was <laughs> like like I felt like it was pure circumstance it's magic right and you that couldn't I, emulate yeah it. exactly I couldn't put my finger on any of it uh so that was frustrating but that to say it's not in the camera what mm -hmm. it is in and this gets into your question it's learning it's just learning the basics about the rules of photography like i said that's that's how i came into it is sort of that rules and i think what is cool about that at least i feel is is that it's not some esoteric individual gifted thing that some people have and some people don't some people certainly have a more natural bent and more natural eye to see what looks good but ultimately what they're seeing is something that you can learn and emulate mm -hmm. right so there are uh, I would say the two biggest areas to look at if you wanted to take better photos, would be composition. Um, and and I'm thinking, like, <clears throat> don't even think about a fancy camera, right? Because that, mm -hmm. that brings a whole other set of considerations. More money, more problems. More money, more, more camera, problems. more problems. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> right? So there's <clears throat> specifically thinking of exposure then. Like, that, it's a whole thing, like, now you're the one in charge. But I'm thinking mm -hmm. if all you have is a cell phone... That pretty much takes care of the exposure for you. There's a mm -hmm. few tweaks you can do and should do. Like you can slide up and down often to make it brighter or make it darker. But beyond that, mm -hmm. 
to take better photos, l look up, figure out what's what are the rules of composition. What just type it into YouTube and you'll get a million and one videos about the rules of composition. And today, in 20 minutes, you're going to start taking better photos. Uh, the other, if I could pinpoint a big, broad stroke idea, is just light, mm. period. Um, because at the end of the day, all a camera is doing is capturing light. So if you can figure out how light works, what light looks good, what light temperature is, there's a term for you. Um, <laughs> but if you can, if you can get a grasp on light, then boom, photo quality is going to go up. So neither one of those were the thing were the first thing that you said to me. <laughs> I don't I even sure, remember what the first thing I, I said to you sure was. I am sure that you said those things to me, but the the very first thing. And but also, let me preface this by saying you either had a camera at that point or you were thinking about getting a camera at that point. Right. So. Right. Does that play into it? Um. I wish I could remember exactly what picture it was, but I can't. Okay. Because then I'd be able to tell you, was it after I had bought my camera or before? Oh, sure. Anyway. Um, anyway. So what but brilliant... The, so, so the brilliant thing that you said. Tidbit. Now, you had, I am confident, you had already lectured me on... Um, the exposure triangle that went the very first time you talked about the exposure triangle that went over my head. No idea. I nodded and smiled though. So, that so that's a term if you have a camera, not just a phone. But I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt to look at that if all you have is a phone. But right. that's the thing I was like, yeah, well, that's more the camera thing because then you're right. individually manipulating all that. Anyway. Right. Anyway. And you had taught, you definitely had said, uh, use the phrase that all you're doing with a camera is capturing light. Mm, mm -hmm. So these are all things that uh, you had said before, but maybe not necessarily directed at me and my intention to do anything. The thing, so there was a picture that I had you look at. Don't remember what picture it was, but uh, you said you said to me, you know. You know how that picture, what would really improve that picture? If you straighten it. And you made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Okay. And I, and then I don't remember if you showed me or if you had told me, because maybe it was one that you basically said, you know, go back to Lightroom and there's a button and it will straighten the thing. And mm -hmm. I did that and I went, ugh. <laughs> Why is that so much better? <laughs> because I don't think I don't think anybody takes a picture any non-photographer takes first of all I think some people oh and I think you said something about this too uh, deliberately exactly take them like at this uh, weird angle that bugs um, me to know and that's one of my pet peeves right if a photo has a horizon it should be straight right or any discernible line. Now, yeah, I'm not going to get into exceptions to that, but. Okay. Yes. If you're going to break that rule, make it deliberate. Right. That's what I'll say. Yes. Um, 
and not deliberate, but just like, oh, I'm just tilting my camera. Look at me. It's so it's summertime, and yeah. now there's no horizon <laughs> anymore because it's summer. <laughs> and I'm wearing sandals. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, I, but that, that was basically it, to know. Oh, my point was, I don't think that people now, once I learned that, and I started looking at other people's pictures um, with an eye to say, what would I do to make that? What would I do to improve that picture? Mm. Right? Um, there are so many of them that I look and I just think, oh, just, uh, just a little. Just turn that <laughs> just a little. Because yeah. you just The slight off is the yeah. worst. Yeah. You're just so close to having that nice and straight and it would just look so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I realize that is a creative choice, but I think I think I'm going to disagree <laughs> because I think the ones that are way off and are meant to I don't know. There's a look that's meant to be like casual and mm-hmm. sort of like indicate motion and blah 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 blah. So I I will make a distinction. There is uh, that is a stylistic choice. Mm-hmm that I disagree with right. as an artist. And then there's ones that are objectively wrong. Like, uh, just It's just that little tiny, yeah. like you're not actually saying, I want this house to be at an odd angle. Right. You're just taking a picture of a house. And now it's at an odd angle, and I have to recognize <laughs> it. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think you understand. Okay. Yes. So that, that was good advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And especially, it was excellent advice to know that I can just push a button. Yeah, yeah, and that is the beauty of the software. Yeah, but so if uh, if anybody ever asked me my opinion on something that they could learn to do, like the first thing they could learn to do, it would be just go ahead and either take a straight picture. <laughs> just straighten that thing Or just right straighten up. that little sucker out because okay. it's going to be so much better. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, I think I know your answer to this question. Okay. And if I don't know your answer, you're, you just have to do it anyway. So okay. it doesn't matter. It matters to me what your answer is. And I hope this is a good question to ask you. But you're still going to have to do it. So if you argue against it, it's too bad. Here's the oh. question. Would you say, because you mentioned you do a lot of the, you do the photo and video here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I'm glad you told me because I had no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome for enlightening you on what yes, I do. Thanks. Um, would you say that it's a best practice for a business, a particular business that has a marketing department, to capture their own images oh. as much as they possibly can? If you know what you're doing. Okay. If you have a t- is somebody who is a competent photographer. Did you say confident or competent? Competent. competent. That's different answers. <laughs> yes. Competent. So, and I think what I really want you to do is think about this as opposed, so the, dis- mm, the difference being we are creating a presentation and in that presentation, uh, we have the choice between stock photography mm-hmm. of woman laughing and eating a salad 
and just a picture of somebody that actually works with us. Or we have a we have the option of stock photography of friendly people standing behind a counter or taking our own image of our, you know, our own buildings, whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, when you phrase it that way, it sort of leads to the answer of, well, of course, you should just do your own. Um, I think there are, I, I would lean that way a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh, with the caveat that there are times, like, I mean, we don't do all of our own pictures. Right. Spoiler alert. I think, <clears throat> I think there there comes a time when the sheer number, the sheer volume of images that you need, mm-hmm. may be more than it's worth the time to get. If that makes sense. So I think of as an example, a lot of the images on our website are air quote stock photos. Now, with that being said. Uh, I think we do a good job of being pretty critical mm-hmm. of what we would allow as a stock photo. So it is stock in as much as it is somebody else took it and we are using it. But there is still having an eye for even the basic rules of photography. Mm-hmm. We can make better decisions, more artistic decisions on what what we allow to mm-hmm. represent our brand and what we don't. Um, so that's that's where I said, like, yes. And and I think that really the, the 100% use case where you should always uh, go for using your own, especially your own people, is in things that bring that human touch to your brand. So mm-hmm. if you're... If you're talking about the financial education efforts that you do, for example, um, it would be nice to have some of your own people represented in that, whether they're the ones doing it or pictures of people who have benefited from it. Or if if it involves somebody engaging with a person mm-hmm. for a thing, that's a pretty good pretty good case where you yeah you should have some photos of of your your people. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it, even if, um, you know, when you when you use the word competent, I think that a lot of people might think that you then have to go out and hire somebody to do that, uh, which that may make sense. And if you have the budget for that, sure, you could do that. I think maybe where you're getting at more with the question is that the ability of somebody to do it in-house is that, one, they know you, they know your business, mm-hmm. um, and they are present. They're there. Mm-hmm. So the, the photographable opportunities, it's hard to say, oh, now at 2 p.m. on Thursday, we're going to have this great, candid opportunity everybody's going we're all going to be having fun at 2 p.m on tuesday so please get pictures of us all being very friendly with each other so there's opportunities that someone on the inside is going to have a much better Mm -hmm. bead on than trying to hire somebody to catch that that makes sense 
But then as far as the argument for high-quality artistic stock photos as opposed to... Oh, always, yeah. Woman, woman in front of a... I, I don't know why the woman laughing at the salad thing bothers me so much. It bugs <laughs> me so much, but woman in right. front of a white background laughing at a salad. Yeah. Um, or anything similarly themed. I think we have... We have used a number of photos that, uh, for whatever reason, are just, they're cool photos. They fit the thing that we're trying to do. And, well, we could probably, with you, recreate that photo. Why would you take the time, pull together the resources, right, Mm -hmm. For, for some of those things when there is good quality, artistic, pleasant to look at stock photography that you can use Mm -hmm. for your business. And I think that in the last few years, I'll say few referring to the, let's say, 10 to 20, Mm -hmm. the availability of those, what we would consider high quality artistic stock photos has also exploded. Mm -hmm. It, It wasn't, it there was a time that stock photos meant what you traditionally think of as stock photos. There's a reason that's Mm -hmm. the traditional sense, right? So I think businesses are much better positioned now because they have access to Mm -hmm. better photos, period. Well, do you think that there... I mean, I realize that you started photography with digital photography, but I am sure that makes a massive difference in what you're talking about because now there are consumer, you know, price range digital cameras. Oh, yeah. That So it just means more people can get better photos mm-hmm. and also can, can donate or sell them. Yeah. Uh, because all of that can be done on the Internet. The files are digital. So... There just is. There are more photos in the space because it is. It's easier to capture them. It's more affordable to capture them, and because there is call for them, it's easy to get them distributed. Yeah. Well, it's a two-edged sword because while there are there are more photos, period. Mm-hmm. So there are more high-quality photos, right. artistic photos. There are more. Photos that are not of that nature. I mean, if we're talking well. ratios, it's probably the exact same ratio. <laughs> it's just that you can't necessarily avoid the other one, <laughs> right? Because they are also digital, and it is also very easy to share those. Yeah, right. So, speaking of which, as long as we're on that, and as long as everybody knows that my about my problem with the woman laughing at the salad. In stock photography, <laughs> if there was one photography-related thing, a, a technique, a trend, anything like that, that you could snap your fingers Thanos style and make go away, nobody's ever going to do this thing. Nobody's ever going to take those, you know, crooked pictures <laughs> ever again. <laughs> what would that thing be that you would oh, snap man. your fingers? You would Infinity Gauntlet snap away. All of them. That's tough. Um, 
is the hardest question of the day. That's a good one. I thought of something to maybe like maybe set the stage and get you thinking. Okay. I don't know if I would get rid of them all together. I have a thought, but okay, continue. no, you go. You can go ahead. Okay. Um, I think if I had that, I'm just because I'm like, yeah, the the whole like crappy stock photos. That's tempting, mm-hmm. but. The other thought that came into my mind that I was debating so heavily between is like, I think I might do away with the selfie. Ooh, interesting. So does that only include pictures wherein someone in the picture is actually holding the camera? So if other people took your picture, that would be fine. Sure. Okay. Because also that's basically all of portrait photography too. So right, you can't get right. rid of that. Yeah. So why would you get rid of selfies? Um, I think that paired with I don't want to go too deep down this road because we're already almost an hour in. But <laughs> I think that paired with social media, mm. which is really the only reason the selfie exists. Um, it all just plays into the, oh, what's it called? I'm totally blanking at the moment. Um, it, it plays into this idea that everybody's like, we're only showing air quote, the best moments or mm-hmm. Facebook is just a constant stream of selfies and whatever. So it, it plays into this whole social thing where, everybody thinks everybody else's lives are so much better than theirs. Okay. And it, I mean, it's not necessarily true, but if you could pinpoint one thing in the photo world, like that would be it. That, that would be the most prolific contributor. Just all these big words. Sorry. I like it a lot. <laughs> like that, that would be the, the, biggest thing I could point to that sort of plays to that Mm -hmm. so also kind of a big reason that I have largely stopped using Facebook because of the glut of selfies well not just glut of selfies but just uh, overwhelming meaninglessness so this desire Okay, let me put let me put uh, sort of a larger definition to this, if I can. Okay, what I'm hearing you say is that everyone, like, so the people on Facebook are creating this personal brand mm-hmm. and spending a lot of time selling their personal brand which is everything is great, I eat this, I eat beautiful food, and I'm really cute, and whatever, like, my life is the best life forever. Well, and and it's, it's sort of meaningless. It's tough, too, because it's, it's hard to distinct, because I, right, it comes back to the quality thing, too, plays mm-hmm. into it, because, like, I mean, I'm, I don't have a problem with, people sharing photos of their lives and especially like i mean what is instagram based on it's Mm -hmm. oh i have the best life ever right but 
I'm I don't have a problem if you have an artistic feed. This is going to sound mm-hmm. very judgmental, but I don't want to look at a hundred pictures of your mug. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's no nicer way to say that. Yeah. Well, there probably is, but anyway, here we are. Like <clears throat> an occasional picture of you, especially if I don't see you in life, right? If you're um, if you're one of those Facebook friends that maybe live somewhere else or something like that, like an occasional picture of you, please do that because that's like my life check. Mm-hmm. I want to see you and, and make sure that you're okay. And do include well, and this plays into the first part too. But like, if you're gonna do that, do include a little bit of the scene around you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of two pronged. Like, okay, yes, we want to get away from the the falseness of it all mm-hmm. but also if you're going to do a selfie at least don't just have like cropped at your forehead and chin like include mm. a little bit of the surrounding so we can at least see where you are well they're in the bathroom <laughs> is the reason they don't do that that's the problem that is the problem that's yeah. why nobody's sharing that because they yeah. you don't want to see that because mm-hmm. they need to clean their bathtub and stuff it's funny that that is what you chose because the thing I was going to say to sort of prompt you to get you to start thinking was... I was thinking. Thank you very much. I, well, no. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> to get you ready to answer, I should say, um, was even though I don't think I would get rid of all pictures of food, I could do with a lot less sure. pictures of other people's meals. Sure. I... And I don't like there's know, a time and place for that. I don't know what the right number is of pictures of other people's food. But I think if you're celebrating, I think I feel really judgmental. I feel really bad. Not mm, That's okay. This is like I just told people I don't want to look at their ugly mugs. So. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So I just I basically don't need to see every meal they eat. <laughs> which is cool. It's cool whatever they're eating. I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. Well, and also, like, does some of that, and this will alert you to how I feel, but does some of that, like, the level of preparation involved in that, too? Like, like if you worked on a thing mm-hmm. and, like, you want to share that, that's cool. Right. Also, tell me a little bit about it so right. I can experience that moment along with you. Right. But if you just had, like, mac and cheese. Right. <laughs> Or you went out to dinner at a right. place you always go out to dinner. Right. And also everybody goes there. Right. And I get a picture of your burrito. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cool. I've had that same burrito. Right. I don't need. Also, it wasn't a great experience. So I don't need to be reminded of. Don't need to think about you and your burrito. It's yeah. great. Put take, <laughs> take off the funny hat. <laughs> get rid of the picture of the burrito. I don't need any of it. <laughs> What about, like, Snapchat filters? Oh, no. No, just no. no. Would you, that's, would you Thanos those? I'm trying to snap, my left hand wouldn't snap. I mean, the difficult part about that is that, again, for me, and this is probably the minority, for me, the, the best moments of Snapchat filters have been sitting in a room with somebody and laughing at them together mm-hmm. but like I don't need to see a picture of you and a 
dog with its tongue sticking out. I don't have that experience, and I don't really care. So, <laughs> no. Okay. That's unfortunate because that was primarily what I was going to do now in my free time. <laughs> send you Snapchat pictures of me as a dog with my tongue sticking out. But okay. I mean, or the one where it makes your eyes really, really big and there's glasses and like your chin very tiny. Mm. I'm going to do maybe that mm-hmm. one. So you look like one of those weird paintings from the 70s <laughs> with a great big eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tiny, tiny chin. <laughs> tiny chin. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. Okay. So final word of advice. Best advice that you can possibly give somebody. Oh, man. Uh, Straighten your horizon. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that was the light bulb moment for you. It blew my brain wide open. Something that you want to tell people who want to learn photography. Um, Probably gut check yourself. And why you (laughs) no, just like lift up your shirt right now and look at your gut. Is what you're really trying to say is really? Do you really want to learn photography? (laughs) No, it's not. Aren't there enough people taking pictures? Why Why don't you learn to play the harp or something else? Sorry. Put down the camera, Junior. You'll never make it. <laughs> That's great advice. Go become an accountant. <laughs> Stop following your dreams. Follow somebody else's <laughs> dreams. Follow your never dad's dreams. Never going to make any money with photography. <laughs> Get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> that took a turn. That is actually that is actually good advice. <laughs> <laughs> No, not in that vein, but... Okay, gut check yourself. My advice is to gut check yourself and real and figure out why you want to learn um, and what you want to do with that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do it for fun? Then just do it for fun. And there's many different aspects of photography and experience them all and learn. Um, but if you're wanting, if you, if you think that a camera is going to be your ticket to making a living, then do a little more research now mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot more that goes into that, to doing it for a business then uh, then you might realize right Mm -hmm. now. So, and you spend a lot less time taking photos and a lot more time running a business when you're trying to make money off of it. So you have to be okay with that, for one. So that's where you really got to check what you want to get out of it. Um, And, I mean... No matter what, I'd say always pursue it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have, I do my business stuff. Well, I do my work stuff. I do my personal business stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I do hobby stuff, right? Personal, mm-hmm. just just for me, things. And so there's a, there's a place for all of it. Mm-hmm. But if you go into it thinking that you're going to make tons of money, 
it's a long road to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And you could easily get discouraged along the way. So, so there. Th- that made me think of something that I have read a few times on one of the groups that I'm on. Uh, and one of, the, one of the moderators, I'd like to quote him directly if I possibly can. I don't know if I can. But he, he has a real... Uh, he has a real problem with people who want to start out and jump into wedding photography. Mm. And yeah, I can see that. While you think of that quote, yes. let me jump in and say that I, when I'm looking at photos, I always have opinions, mm-hmm. but I'm much harsher. I'm much more critical when you are making money on mm-hmm. it, right? Um, because I think that there, like, there is a level of quality, mm-hmm. um, and it, and that may take you a little time to get to. That may take you a long time to get to. But there, there's just certain things. Like I'm, like I said, I'm going to be much more critical of your work if mm-hmm. you're getting paid to do it, right? Right. And I think that because I think that this might be an unpopular opinion, but there's way too many people getting paid to take crappy photos. So there. <laughs> yes. And a thing that this moderator has said multiple times is you don't realize because you are uh, you're so wrapped up in I want to take these pictures you don't realize how much you're actually hurting that person by being inept. Mm-hmm. So especially that's so especially with a wedding. That's why it's his big thing about weddings because you know if you're just doing um, if you're just doing family portraits, you know, and they don't like what you did, like they just don't pay you and they find somebody mm-hmm. else that they want to pay. But they're not going to relaunch their wedding right? <laughs> because they couldn't get the pictures mm-hmm. out of you. So it's not – there's this certain point where – I mean, it's always about providing the best thing that you can and being aware if you can't, not misrepresenting it. Mm-hmm. But there are things that – like when we talk about practicing on your family, that's – Super low risk, right? Right. And also, uh, if you're practicing on your family, nobody ever has to see those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you once you go to get paid, if you represent yourself as someone who can do something that you can't, there's a real chance. Like, and and probably not just wedding. So I think about like baby pictures and birthday pictures, all of these things. That is a thing that happens one time. Hopefully mm-hmm. your wedding's only something that happens. And you're going to get a different photographer if you're having a second wedding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some, there are going to be a couple of people that weren't at the first one that are going to be at the second one. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, to your point that you should be much more critical if you're going to get paid, especially if what you're doing is capturing a thing that isn't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And personally, I, I even stepped out of that sphere um, just because, yes, you can make a lot of money as a wedding photographer, but that is a boatload of pressure mm-hmm. for one. And to really do it and do it well, like it's not only like it, it encompasses every kind of photography, right? You mm-hmm. have portraits, you have candids, you have still lifes, you have products, mm-hmm. essentially, you have the mm-hmm. ring, right? You have that sort of like it's just the whole thing. So it, it's it's a workout. But I think really the most important piece of that is capturing the right moments and mm-hmm. the right moments being the emotions of the day as one piece of that and the right moments being the things that you set up, those lots of those group shots and then that time alone with the bride and groom and being able to bring out those moments is not one of my strong points and I realized that I mean I knew that but I realized that in a big way on the weddings that I did do and I had to come to a point like and I mean I got to this point where taking photos wasn't really fun anymore Mm -hmm. because I thought that if I wanted to make money doing it which I did that the only way to do that was to do portraits to do family to do weddings Mm -hmm. and that was an area that yes I could get better at but I knew was going to be a long road to really for it to feel natural Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to put in the work to do that as bad as that sounds um so for a while there like that was depressing like do I have to give up my pursuing this thing that I love because of my ineptness, as you said, in that area? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. But, but that's why I say, like, you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to gut check yourself and be honest with yourself. If you have shortcomings in an area... And that, that area initially, of course, is going to be being able to get the photo. But mm-hmm. then there's more that goes into it that, like I said, personality-wise, for me, if that's a shortcoming, are you willing to do what it takes to make it not a shortcoming? Hmm. That is, that's a very interesting way to look at it. I don't think, and certainly, and I know we should be wrapping up, but... <laughs> One final thought. I mean, I, I don't know why we thought we could do this in an hour. but Why do we ever think that? I don't know. Um, but a thing that I never really had full awareness of until first I started sort of helping you here, and then I started to try and just sort of, sort of prefer pursue photography as a hobby that whole thing of making the other person comfortable in the space and how you can elevate what the product is by doing a good by doing a not an F job by doing a great job Mm -hmm. of making them feel good about what's happening um, 
And I think that's a thing that people don't, especially people who are trying to pick up photography because they think they're going to buy a camera and they're going to do it in their spare time and they're going to make a ton of money. I don't, besides the business side of it, there's this whole thing of, I, and I think, you know, I have, I have um, worked with, well, notably, there's, there's a guy uh, that I went to school with who is very good at that, right? That whole personal experience. Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, when I look at the stuff that he does, he does a good job. You can tell that, uh, especially now, as he's been doing it longer, um, you can tell that he has a way of getting people comfortable in their skin to make a great picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have also worked with people, and what, what I mean is, like, had to have my picture taken by people, <laughs> who get frustrated, right? Because mm-hmm. they have a picture in, your he- of, in their head of what is going to happen, and they don't have this primary goal of making it a good experience. Right. They just want to get the picture, and um, they don't... And as a result, it's it's really frustrating and gross. And then you get pictures where you are, you uh, you get uh, church directory pictures uh, where you are tilted <laughs> right. ever so slightly, and somebody's shoulder <laughs> hand is on your shoulder. Well, that's a great point too, because I think that as much as I get down on the quality of the photo, that ability to make somebody comfortable in the end at the end of the day or at the beginning of the night or at the beginning of the night depending who you talk to what that photo represents is how they felt at that moment and what mm-hmm. what that person is going to remember is how they felt at that moment so there is a little bit i would say there's you have a little bit of leeway like if you if you have that skill set to make people comfortable, you have a little more leeway because if you can provide a good experience, even if your photos... Now, you shouldn't be selling your photos if they're not quality enough to be sold. But (laughs) don't hear me say what I'm not saying. But if you have that skill set, then people are going to be much more forgiving if... I And I can't cite an example, but if... Just the think photos about the, could stu- be the pictures I've taken and just <laughs> pick one out of that list. <laughs> right. Things I've done wrong. But the people seem happy. <laughs> but f- on a from a professional standpoint, if, if, it, if the photo quality could be better, if there are mm-hmm. technical things that could be better, if they had a good experience and you, the emotion, the expression, mm-hmm. and the photo is good, that is going to trump the technical aspect of the photo. So it's more, are you saying it's more important than your level of bokeh? Mm, <laughs> teeny tiny. Okay. <laughs> so that's where, and that's part of the reason why I stepped away from doing that is because I wasn't confident in that skill set. I wasn't mm-hmm. confident in the experience that I could provide. And exactly to your point of that moderator, that I didn't want to ruin 
somebody's most important day of their life mm-hmm. because of my lack of a skill set in that area. Because if you flip that, if you have the most beautiful, technically perfect photos in the world, but you're providing a bad experience, that's what they're going to remember. Mm-hmm. And that's what they'll see in that picture. Exactly. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll remember how you made them feel on that day. Mm-hmm. So there. Great advice. Great advice. That, that makes, I'm not going to share it now. I'll wait until we're not recording because I don't remember. The, I think I might have already told you about this, about my maybe most recent experience with something sort of like that. And mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's for... That's, another story for another day. That is not for our listening audience. <laughs> Bless your little hearts. So we've gone now 16 and a half hours, and it's time to wrap yep. up. So... <laughs> Thank you. Okay, no, I'm not going to. Wait, I want to see how you handle the end because you have to thank yourself, and that'll be fun for me. Okay. So we will find some links that we can provide for you aspiring photographers. And this is your biweekly reminder that you can find us. Um, Find all of our podcasts on Anchor. It's anchor.fm. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on several other of your favorite podcast apps, including... Google Podcasts. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. People are probably going to get tired of us just naming all the places where. Well, not if we can never think of anything more than two, <laughs> and one of them is always iTunes. So I think that helps. Uh, and you can visit our blog, Simplicity. Simplicity. Simplicity.coop slash blog. And if you go right to that page, you actually, we haven't done a lot of blog blog stuff. It's been almost all podcasts lately. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of podcasts. You can catch up on all of them. Now it's your part. This little mm-hmm. last little bit there. Yeah, right. To well, wrap up. Rather than thanking myself, let me. You should. Uh, thank me? <laughs> I don't know how you would say that. Anyway, rather than that, let me leave you with if you are, if you're in the same boat that I was in, not feeling competent in the social thing, weddings, portraits, all of that stuff. Uh, Let me just satisfy your curiosity. The thing that I pivoted to was real estate Mm. photos, um, which was lovely. Houses don't complain that they look fat. Yeah, there are no people in an empty house. There (laughs) there is still interaction mm-hmm. right there sometimes the people are there but specifically i am i am better about building a client relationship with a realtor mm-hmm. than and also they're not in front of the camera than that making a stranger comfortable in front of the camera mm-hmm. so it's not that there's no social right aspect to it but it's different yes. anyway there are also other things that are not portraits, not weddings, that you mm-hmm. can make a living in doing photos. So check them out. Very nice. There. Just to ask Ansel Adams. Yeah. Well, this is mostly wildlife, right? Yeah. Was, yeah, it, was that that was not a completely? I don't know if he made money when he. Yeah. Not that wasn't a completely inept reference. Right. No. Okay. Also, I get points for using the word inept twice. 
You used inept a lot today. Did I? Ooh. I think I found it, and then I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, listener, for hanging in there with us to the end. I hope that it was of some value just to hear me ramble on about my, well, what was once a hobby is now a business and also the thing I do at work True regularly. Story. True story. So there's that. So I guess I'm an expert in the field. You are now because oh, you're on a podcast. I just said it, it on a podcast, which makes yeah. it real. It's true. We'll post it on Facebook and be Facebook official. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sue and Vince signing off for now, and we'll see you next time.